Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rockin' Radio's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kiley. This is Before the Box Score Missouri beat Florida in the most dramatic, epic, stressful, beautiful way possible. 33-31 is the uh, the final score from Columbia, Missouri. It had, this game, BK, I know you are there. It had like a little bit of everything. How are you feeling uh, 24 hours after the fact? So I was there. I got to be there in person, and it was it was awesome, man. Nate, we... We generally speaking have different perspectives on these kinds of games. I love them. I I think they are just so much fun because it makes you feel something inside. And maybe that's because I'm broken as a man and I've got some other things to talk to my therapist about. That's entirely possible. However, when I watch a game like that and I leave, I just feel so satisfied. Like we watched, this is another conversation for another day, but like four hours of really compelling television. And that's what I'm here for, man. I'm here for a good time. And that was a lot of fun to watch. You got some moments. You got a play that you will be able to say 4th and 17 for the rest of your life. And if you're talking to a Mizzou fan, they will know exactly what you're referencing. And you don't get those moments very often, man. It's what this season has been all about. We've talked about it a number of times. And against Florida, Missouri got a win that you will always remember. And they got a moment that you will always remember. That's about as much as you can ask for from this team at this point in the season. There's nothing that a Mizzou fan loves more than to bag on every bad thing that has happened in the history of Missouri sports. That's kind of who we are. Eli Drinkwitz has been doing a pretty good job of exercising some demons in his four years here. 
multiple close victories in the north end zone, I mm-hmm. want to point out. Um, clutch victories at the end. Situations where you would look at it and go, oh, yeah, you know, classic Mizzou teams would just Mizzou this. And he's he's done a pretty good job of keeping them out of those traps. Not 100%, but for the most part, uh, giving us some positive memorable mem- moments uh, as opposed to all the negative ones that Missouri fans have banked up over generation to generation. Um, I guess where, where we can start here is that going into this game, we all knew that Missouri was going to be the better team. They had shown that for 10 games, and Florida had shown that it was the inferior opponent for, for 10 games. They had been t- performing terribly, even in their losses, just getting blown out and playing sloppy. Florida showed up and played maybe the best game of the year, and Missouri showed up and played a very good game, uh, replacement level, average, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so you get yourself into these situations where it's a little closer than you want. Um, and for me, I, I just feel like Missouri got tested at home and won. And I don't think that's a bad thing, even though it was a little hard on the heart palpitations. But, like, it's – your team just took a, multiple punches to the mouth and won. Like, that, that is – that is a net game. Yeah. And like, would you have liked to have won this game by 17 points the way that both of us kind of thought this was going to go? Of course. Yeah. That would have been preferable, but it's not the way it went. Florida showed up. They played a pretty good game, man. Like sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other team and they played well, especially offensively. They made plays when they needed to. And we've known this about Florida. Their problem is not that they lack playmakers. They've got a few of them that are genuinely good and talented. I mean, this is a team that two weeks ago put up 35 against LSU. I know Arkansas is no good, but they put up 36 against them. They put up 41 against South Carolina. Again, I know that they're not good either. And let's not forget, earlier this year, they did beat Tennessee. This is a team that has talent, has shown it before. They've just come out on the short end of way too many of these games. They're like the anti-Mizzou. This year, in games that are tight, They find ways to lose. And this year, when games are tight, Missouri finds ways to win. That's, I mean, that's really the the identity of Missouri football in 2023 is we're going to play weird games and they're going to all look a little different because we're going to win in multiple different ways. And the truth is we just have all the answers. Like whatever it is that you're going to throw at us, especially on Missouri's when Missouri has the ball, they've got answers for it. If you want to take away burden, cool. Cody Schrader's about to go off for 205 yards. If you want to take away Cody Schrader, cool. If you've already got uh, Luther Burden, now locked down, but you've, you're putting more effort into stopping him. Theo Weiss, your time. You're going to lock down both of those guys on the outside. Okay, cool. Here comes Mookie Cooper. He's going to be able to make a couple of plays now. Oh, you got all of that taken care of? Cool. Fourth down, our punter is going to throw a pass to a true freshman wide receiver, and it's yeah. going to be the defining moment of what changes the course of the regular season for Missouri. Like, they just, they have answers, man. They've got answers when you present problems to them. And for the first few years of Eli Drinkwitz being here, that was not the case. They knew one way to win. And if they didn't have that, whoop, uh-oh, today's not going to go their way. That is no longer the case for Mizzou. This is this is college sports, man. Like, even the best teams are inconsistent. They, ha- they will always have a clunker here or there. And it's their job to win those clunkers. And especially in college football, when you have such a small sample set, you get into November, and that's when the craziest losses happen because you think you've banked up. Well, you know, we got 10 sample sets. We're good. We know how this is going to finish out. And then, boom, you get an upset, or boom, you get a close game. And, like, you're like, oh, what? It's November is, you know, Gary Pinkle said it. Those who win in November are remembered. And November is when your toughest challenges come because you never know when this sort of thing is going to happen. 
Look at Saturday. Michigan got in a dogfight. Michigan, what are you doing against November, Maryland? This should not have been close, and it was. James Madison, who's been just trashing every opponent they've faced, lost. This is what happens when you get this far in the season. You cannot escape those tests. And it's the great teams that take those tests, take those punches, and go, all right, we can we can win anyway. And that is what your team did. So it, it was great that they could do that. Um, you know, from Florida's standpoint, they didn't really do anything different. When I when we were previewing, we said they like to run the ball. They were overly reliant on explosive plays. And you just kind of hope that they don't hit those explosive plays don't damage you too bad or put them in a position where they can capitalize on scoring position. Well, guess what? <laughs> they had two touchdowns go for many, many, many yards. That's what those explosive plays did. And really the big thing for me, which is something that Florida had not been good at up to this point, was that they finished drives with touchdowns. Missouri finished drives with field goals. Now, I understand two of them were taken off the board for officiating reasons. That's a separate topic. Huh. The point is, is you've got to finish. Missouri did not do that. Florida did. Florida had one fewer scoring opportunity than Missouri, but they scored four touchdowns and kicked a field goal. Then they had the fumble. So really, that fumble was the, whole, the whole huge difference. That was the reason Missouri won, whereas Missouri kind of messed around and kicked field goals. And I put it in my piece every week. You have to finish your drives. And the fact that Missouri wasn't doing it was one of the main reasons that Florida hung around. Yeah, Missouri did a lot of little things right in this game. Like, you look at the field position battle, Missouri pretty regularly was winning in that regard. They, they traded punts a couple of times, and then, boom, Missouri was able to capitalize. But the big, quote-unquote, little thing that they lost was way too many four-point plays that went the other direction. You know, they just they weren't able to convert once they got into the red zone. Things tightened up. There was a couple of play calls that I think you could have questioned, but, like, overall, it was just a lack of execution. They, they didn't get the job done, um, but... They found a way in the end, like when they needed it most with a little help from Florida, bad time management by a running back who went out of bounds when there was no reason to. And I, if that was the other way around, I would have been losing my damn mind. Mm -hmm. um, but ETN makes a silly mistake that ends up leaving Missouri with a timeout that they needed because they were completely out of sorts going into that third down. They call the timeout there. They, we know the, the results, what came after that, um, Mizzou ended up making the plays when they mattered the most. And when you needed it, man, it was your best players that were stepping up. Like the guys that you have been leaning on all season long, every single one of them had a play in this game at some point. Um, can we talk about Brady Cook for a minute? Please do. That was so cool. That was so cool. Like the final drive, because there has been a couple of them this year where Brady was not able to come through against LSU. He didn't come through against Georgia. But I think this has been a really good season by Brady Cook, man. Like, probably not all SEC. You're not going to have him there because you'll have Carson Beck and Jaden Daniels. Yeah, and so, like, those happen. those two guys are going to earn the all-SEC nod, and there's nothing that he can do to stop that. But Brady Cook has been right on the outside looking in of that conversation. And from start to finish this season, basically since the K-State game, it's looked like a different quarterback and you could see it coming out on that final drive, dude. He just, he was poised. He was confident. He made the exact throws that were necessary at the exact times that they needed to. And for him to have that kind of a moment in senior, on senior day, I just, I was so happy for the kid, man, because so many times people this year have called him unclutch. They've said he, 
He can do it when it doesn't matter, but when you get into the clutch situations, you need other guys to close for you. And in this game, he proved, yes, I understand Florida is not a good defense. I get it. I don't care. He proved when he needed to that he can come through in those big-time moments, man. And that matters. That matters. Yeah. Chase Daniel had the same rep. He can throw for a billion yards, but he can't throw when you need a when you need a win. That's Chase Daniel. Heisman finalist Chase Daniel. Owning an owner of every single passing record in Missouri history, Chase Daniel. Like, don't hit me with the non-clutch stuff. That's that's fan jibber jabber. Don't 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 fall into that trap. Don't worry about it. And luckily, Brady didn't listen yep. to that. He doesn't care. Um, I, I will say that, you know, a couple of the deep throws out were a little questionable, but like sure. the fact that he's like, I feel confident that we can do this. I've, I've trusted my guy to do it and it didn't work. Okay. He still had a chance and you use up your chances until you run out. And thankfully he made a hell of a throw against Luther Burden and then followed it up with two other tremendous throws. Yep. I, I mean, fourth and 17 is the game. That's the name of the game, but don't forget the throw to Makai Miller, the throw to Mookie Cooper afterwards to get, to get Beavis out of like howitzer range and into like chip shot range, that's not nothing. I know that Beavis likes a little bit of distance, but like for us, we like we we like it a little bit closer. And Brady did that. Timing, accuracy, moved him down the field. Yeah, I, I don't. You can call him unclutch or or whatever you want to do. Like that's the quarterback, man. That's the best quarterback we have on the roster, and we have him for another two years if we want. That's awesome. That's that's so cool. Um, and then his his moment after the game. I don't know. Did they show it on television? They Hems? did not, but I've seen it on social media. It was so freaking cool, man. So after the game, all the seniors are going over. They're they're getting their their rocks right from the from the rock him, and he he w- starts walking over there, and then he jumps up on that pedestal, the 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 brick pedestal that's in front of the student section and just has his moment where he's just letting it all out. And I think that was like three years of frustration that was just coming into one moment of, I, I finally did it. Like mm-hmm. this team has done it. This is our last game at home in a season where everything kind of came together. And in the moments when it mattered the most, I did it. <laughs> I was able to put the team on my shoulders and carried us to victory. And that is just, man, I, I couldn't help but be so happy for the kid. Like, he des- he deserves all of this that's coming his way. And for for him to be the one that ends up coming through and him to get that moment. And I think for Mizzou fans now to really embrace him um, in a way where they're, they're in, they're, they're bought in on who he is and what he can be for this program. I, I keep saying it, but it's just it's just so cool. Like it was just it was a really cool and fun environment at Faro in general. The crowd was outstanding from start to finish, and um, it just it felt like the kind of game that this team deserved to close out the regular season at Faro this year. And don't forget how this the offense evolved over this game. Kirby Moore came into this game and he was like, "All right, we're just gonna Cody Schrader you to death," mm-hmm. and. Like, Cody got his yards. It wasn't really working. I think Missouri's probably going to finish around 30 33% success rate, if I had to guess. Like, okay, he had a couple of explosives, but it was not working the way that Kirby Moore wanted to work. So they get to halftime, and Brady is, what, 6 of 13 for 57 yards. And they go, all right, Florida's got Cody. Let's uh, let's go Luther Burden. Let's, yep. let's, un- let's uncork Brady, and let's get Luther Burden involved. And then in the second half, I mean, 
Brady finished with 333 yards to my count. Yeah, he had 275 in the second half. Yeah, 24 attempts, 200, yeah, 275, um, not counting the sack. Like, they they let him loose, and they said, fine. Like you said, you got Cody bottled up, and we can't get what we need? Fine, here we go. We're going to throw to our five-star receiver 15 times. Yep. Um, and that's what they did, and that's what worked. And and that was Kirby Moore and Eli Drinkwood saying, we trust Brady Cook to do this. Despite everything you saw in the first half, we are trusting him to get the ball to Luther, to Theo, to Mookie, everybody involved. That's what we're going to do. And they were rewarded for it. It was close. It almost didn't work, but it did work. And that's the important part because Brady Cook delivered. We all let him cook. It was it was incredible. I agree. Luther Burden's so good at football, dude. He is so good at football. He's 100% I, wow, man. He looked great. It It's such a difference when you got him at something approaching 100%. Because it was just very clear he was not healthy over the last few weeks. You could see it in the game. And finally, he looked like himself again. And oh my god, when he looks like himself, it is so much fun to watch. But what was really great about this game is it wasn't just him. Yeah. Like, you're right, Schrader. I mean, Schrader finished the game with 150 yards. <laughs> the most quiet 150 yards ever, you know? <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but it was just, it, it it felt different than it did against Tennessee, for example. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't just Burden and Schrader. Norfleet. Red Norfleet, man. How about it? Chase Coffin reincarnate. He's good. Like, he, no qualifiers don't need to say, like, hey, he's really good. He's just really good. Um, if you can get him going for, you know, three to five catches a game, mm-hmm. that's perfect. That's exactly what you need out of your tight end. You don't need them to be great, but when you target them, can you pick up 10 yards? Yeah. And if you can, you can keep getting the football, and he clearly can because he's got some ability after the catch as well. Mookie had a few just massive plays, including late in that game. Makai Miller only comes up with big catches. Exclusively. Fourth down receiver. Exclusively fourth quarter. Yeah. Gotta have it moments. You got to have a first down here, like game's over. Hey, Makai's down there somewhere. Yeah. Like, what? He's never targeted, ever, ever. No. And then in the biggest possible moments, they're like, Makai, get in there, man. We'll we believe yep. in you. We trust you to go out and get these hard-fought 12 yards. And he comes up with them time and time again. And then Theo with just, I mean, one of the coolest plays I've ever seen in my life. 77 yards d- down the sideline tiptoeing for like 25 yards and i have no idea how he stayed in bounds but he did uh it was the right call my god can we give a shout out to the receivers blocking on that it was um i remember cooper luther and mookie were the two guys that sprung him for that one absolutely they both deserve a ton of credit yeah i mean there's credit goes all around to everybody harrison mevis for going four for four and looking like the kicker that we all remember him to be consistent as it comes just so many guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that that contributed in meaningful ways. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's talk defense because I know it wasn't great. You sure? Here's the thing. Do you think they might have been missing Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper? Because when you when I went back, I, I watched the game and I immediately went back and watched the game again for charting purposes. I mean, again, I'm not picking on, on kids who play this game you know, for scholarship. But there's a difference when you have Tyron Hopper playing run fits and when you have his backups getting washed out and, and taking bad bad angles. And I think Tristan Newson and Chuck Hicks have played admirably all year. I think they are a clear step down from what Hopper can do. Which, okay, great. He's one, he's one of the better lineback, linebackers in the country. No, no shame in that. 
But there is a difference when you are playing a team that likes to run the ball a lot. And Tyron Hopper, you know, for all of his missed tackles, is there to affect the play. And he's in the right spot to affect the play. And he wasn't there. And Florida busted some big runs where Hopper usually was. And I think that was the biggest difference between this defense of the first 10 games and the defense you saw yesterday. This was the most J.C. Carlisle of all J.C. Carlisle football <laughs> games that I've ever seen. <laughs> and I mean that in every good and bad way. He giveth and taketh, yes. Carlisle had like three missed tackles. That's unofficial. That's based on my own count uh, in this game. And I'm counting like bad angles in that yeah. as well because there are just moments where it's like, J.C., buddy, wh- wh- where are we going? Like, That is not where the ball was going, and you ended up in a place that was just totally defeating your your defense but he also came up with some massive moments a mm-hmm. couple of pass breakups had the interception, interception. Yep. a big tfl there was one play where the play before he was the one that clearly missed the tackle it was like a, i, I want to say it came on third down and then the very next play was when his tfl uh took place so carlize came up huge i just love watching chris abram strain play football the guy is just, especially given his size, he's such a good and willing tackler on the outside. And it makes a huge difference when you have corners that are willing to come up either in run support or on those screens like Florida wanted to do to get the ball in their uh, playmaker's hands quickly. He just, good luck doing that against Cad. It's not happening. You're, you're not going to have any success doing that. So he had a huge game. Darius Robinson was really good once again in this one. Mm-hmm. It was the second level, though. The second level, they finished with a combined 18 tackles between Newsom and Hicks, but it just, where the tackles took place, it, it wasn't the same, man. You absolutely were missing your two starting linebackers in this one. And I, I, we don't know, or I haven't heard, if Hopper's going to play against Arkansas or the rest of the year. We we don't know. Um, ankles are fickle. You know, that you heard that. That's, that's tough to come back from, at least consistency. Um so, I mean, this might be just the, the life you have to live for the next two games, and, and, and that's going to be okay. Um, but you're also going to have to live without Tyron Hopper next year, too, probably. So, yeah. Get, get, I, I think they get need the to reps go to the in now. I think they need to go to the four white line. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely a spot to look at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of people are, I've seen on social media, which, again, not a representative of every Missouri fan, but that's the stuff that you, that you notice. You know, people were talking about how this defense had fallen apart and, you know, there's just, you know, they, they can't get it done. And, you know, I will point out that they held Florida to seven points and one scoring opportunity for the first 30 minutes. That was not nothing. Um, really, the difference came when Graham Mertz went out because with Graham Mertz in, they they almost exclusively threw on first down and ran it on second down. And then when that Max Brown freshman kid came in, it was like, all that, all that passing stuff. No, no more of that. We're just gonna run into the spots where you have backups, yep. and it worked. And that was, that was what really keyed their their big key their comeback and their probably like a sixty percent success rate, seventy percent success rate in the third quarter. They just rattled those runs off, and Mizzou did not have the personnel to stop it. They didn't, and. <laughs> I was fully prepared for the backup quarterback narrative to reemerge. Every time. Every it was time. coming. It was a hundred it was right there, dude. It was right there for the taking. And they just couldn't find a way to finish it off. They have really good running backs. And that is something that does need to probably be 
put into the ether for Mizzou fans. Like the other team has scholarship players too. And they've got a few really good ones on the offensive side of the ball. Now they have issues at Florida, obviously, most notably they don't have a defense. They, they don't field one. Like they technically have 11 guys that are on the field, but that's not a defense uh, that they're running over there down in Gainesville. On offense, though, they, they've got some dudes, man. Like, Etienne is really freaking good, and he didn't just do this against Mizzou. He's done this against other teams, too. Marcellus Johnson is a really fun player to watch. Um, they Montreal Johnson, excuse me. Marcellus is Mizzou, Montreal, Florida. They, they've got some dudes on the offensive side of the ball that have done some stuff against other teams as well. That's how they beat Tennessee. Um, and then Max Brown came in, and it completely changed what they were trying to accomplish. So, um I wouldn't worry about it too much. I do think it's fair to say at this point, like, hey, this Mizzou defense just isn't as good as it was last year. Just full stop. It's still pretty fine for the most mm-hmm. part relative to other defenses across the country. Yeah. You know, we'll probably finish top 35. I know that's not, what, 21st? I think it was what it was last year. Okay. <laughs> Your offense is also light years better than what it was. Um, and, you know, Tackling aside, and this defense is pretty competent in most things that they do. Um, not a lot of havoc yesterday for either defense. I think Florida was at probably at a nine percent. Missouri will probably be somewhere in the fifteen to twenty percent range, if I had to guess. Did you know? Did you stop them? Did you did you stop them at any point? Yes, you did. Did you get a, get a turnover? Yeah, you got two. Um, you know, did you force some punts? You absolutely did. That's at the end of the day, stop them from scoring by tackling them. And Missouri, for the most part, did that. Um, and so, you know, again, two more games left. You are who you are. This isn't going to change, uh, barring some more injuries. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Because this it's an experienced defense, and even when they are struggling, they have the experience and the talent to, to withstand and, and make a play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's look big picture. Mm-hmm. What it all means now. Missouri was ranked ninth heading into this week in the college football playoff rankings. They are at 10th in the AP poll. They were also at 11th in the AP poll last last week. So this was not them moving down because of this performance. I have had some Mizzou fans in my life wonder openly, because Missouri struggled against Florida, do they drop in the polls this week? What is your opinion on that? Because the team that could pass them, I would assume, is Louisville. You might get jumped by the Cardinals. Again, I was shocked that they were ahead of them uh, for this past week. So maybe there's a slight correction there and they stay at 9 or maybe they fall to 10. I know they're 10th in the coaches in AP, like you said. But I, I, if you knock them down a spot, that's fine because, you know, they, they reset the rankings every every week. and Allegedly. You know, you you put a stomping on Arkansas, you could be right back in there. And who knows? There's no law that says Louisville can win out. You know, there's no law that says Ole Miss is going to win out. So, I'm I'm just really not concerned about that because, as long as you stay ahead of Ole Miss, exactly, I think they will. You just be Ole Miss plus one, and that's all I need in the rankings. Yeah, and Ole Miss beat UL Monroe 35 to 3 this week. I don't think that's going to do a lot in the They were up team. 7 to 3 at half. They yeah. were sleepy time. That's yeah. what that was. They they just did enough to get out of that one. Um yeah. they they slept walks through it and that's that's fine. Um I will be curious to see what happens um in terms of like the potential chaos that could ensue in college football depending on what takes place over the final couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. my personal fever dream is everybody finishing with one loss. Basically <laughs> that, that would be just yeah. delightful. Yeah. Michigan loses in or Michigan or Ohio state. Whoever ends up winning that game against the other loses in the big 10 championship to um, Iowa. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. And then Oregon uh... ends up beating Washington head to head in the, yeah. in the, uh, the PAC 12 championship game. Florida State loses this week against Florida, which suddenly Good. feels possible because Good. they're going to be without their starting quarterback from what was just a brutal, brutal injury. Yes. Or they lose against uh, Louisville in the ACC championship game. Could happen. There is a lot of chaos that could take place over the next couple of weeks. I'm... I mean, the teams in the top 15 have played 108 games. They are a hundred and six and two in those games. We have just not had a lot of upsets or a lot of losses from the top fifteen teams. And now we're in November and they're starting to play each other. Yep. So this is where the losses happen. And because it's happening so late, you can see a lot of rapid movement. So yeah, I'm I'm I am not concerned about Mizzou's rank as long as it's better than Ole Miss. And you just ride that wave and get the get your chaos theory and see see where you end up. Can I ask you one potential hypothetical that I personally really enjoy? Sure, let's hear it. What do you do if Bama ends up beating Georgia in the SEC championship game? I'm not giving you any of the other context because I think that's kind of where it ends up working itself out. And But even then, it, it becomes really difficult. Do you potentially get two SEC teams in the college football playoff? Does Georgia get left out? Oh, do they get left 
out. I mean that that's Please. that is the I think that is the most interesting scenario is Bama beating Georgia head to head because then everything else gets thrown on its head from there. Yeah. See, the SEC isn't good enough to put two teams in this year, but they've got four teams ranked in the top twelve. Like the college they football do. playoff rankings is still giving the SEC a ton of respect. They've got they five do. teams in the top fourteen. So, I mean. Obviously, you say without any other context, which is fine. I Florida State doesn't it. have its quarterback, so let's say they lose one of these games, either against Louisville or Florida. I think either are possible. It's possible they lose both. So, Alabama, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like they're going to put the one who loses this week that could still sneak into the into the playoff. You could have a very strong sure. case for two Big Ten teams. And then, what if what if Washington loses head to head against Oregon? Are you that would, putting? I would guarantee it. Are, are you now putting in like Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Bama? Oh, <laughs> like, are you leaving out I the mean, Pac-12? You which have I think been yes. the best conference in America this year. Yes, yes. But That's the only a... losses would have been against one another for all of these teams. Mm-hmm. The only team that would have a loss that is not included in that group is Alabama, who, by the way, lost to Texas, who also might have one loss in this scenario. Are you Texas putting Bama SEC. in over Texas? Texas is SEC, so just keep that in mind. Are, yeah. are they getting in? No, they're not getting in. So you're going to put in Alabama, who you lost in Alabama who lost against to Texas. Texas. Yeah, keep out. Well, yes. Hold on. Where is exactly. Texas right now? Hold on. They're at hold seven. On. They're one ahead of Alabama. Oh, my goodness gracious. But Alabama would then have a win over number one team in the country, which could be enough yep. to jump them over Texas. This college football playoff has the potential. Like, we were going to 12 no matter what next year. Even if we weren't, this would be the year that does it. Because these teams are going to have losses. There's going to be losses that rack up over the next two weeks. It's impossible to avoid it. Four is always the dumbest number. Yeah, eight should have been number. the number. It should have been eight. That was the number. Okay, so Ohio State, Michigan, one of those loses. You're saying Georgia loses, and then Florida State probably loses. Mm-hmm. Washington, Washington loses. loses head-to-head against Oregon, so both of them still have one or have one loss now. So everyone's got Texas one loss. Texas wins out. They have mm-hmm. one loss. Bama wins out. They have one loss. Louisville wins mm-hmm. out. They have one loss. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, good luck. Louisville's out. They're not getting in. Like, it's the top I, eight. That's where things are interesting. And I, I think if Florida State loses, they're out. So it's really seven teams for four spots. I would love to know what those conversations are like in that hotel ballroom that they meet in. Because like, they have to just be sitting there going, guys, I don't know. Then, of course, you know, Karaoke has got to run, run out there and say, oh, well, strength of schedule. Like, they don't know. They don't know any better than we do. They just come up with a way of framing it, which, you know, SEC bias tends to kind of win out. Um, and just say, all right, you're going to watch it, Rubes. Cool. Let's do this. The thing, so, like, if we're going by resume, man, the resumes from the Pac-12 and the SEC teams are better than the resume from the uh, Big Ten teams. That's because they have better, uh, they have more wins against teams with winning records, which I know is not an official thing, but I've been tracking this stuff. If you have more than five wins against teams that that finish seven and five or better and like you won your conference and all that you're a lock man if you have one or two they're not putting you in there 
So you can talk about strength of schedule. It's really how many seven five plus teams did you win? Sure. Did you win against? How many and, of the good teams did you beat? Yeah. And like Oregon and Washington and Texas and Michigan. Not so much Michigan, but Georgia, like they all have those that that five win threshold right now. Assuming nothing gets wonky. Like so those are the teams they are looking at. Is there a scenario for Mizzou to get in? I'm just gonna ask it. I can't see it. Florida really State can't. loses the next two. Okay, knock them out, you know. Oregon Washington. loses to Oregon State. Oh well, okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, I mean it's possible. Two. It's possible. possible. Oregon State's really good, man. They are. I, I wouldn't predict it. Like I don't think they're I going wouldn't. to. But they they could lose that game. Yeah. Uh, Texas loses to in the Big Twelve Championship game. Or to Texas Tech. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm kidding. That'd be but, fun. That'd be very fun. Bama loses Iron Bowl, and we concede the Georgia spot. They also lose in the SEC championship game. Okay, yeah. So you've got, at that point, probably Washington and Georgia locked in. The winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game loses in the Big Ten championship. To Iowa. This is what he's saying, by the way, to Iowa. Keep going. I think that's pretty much it, right? Like that case. That's all you need. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at that point Iowa would like somehow leapfrog Missouri. No. No. If if we're getting to ridiculous things, I mean, I just it, it, it's my my real hypothetical question is like are they alive? I think technically they're alive. They're in the top 10 and they're going to be in the top 10, you know, assuming they take care of business against Arkansas. They're not falling out of the top 10. It's just a question of how many losses does the rest of the top 10 get and how much does Masu get the benefit of the doubt of playing Georgia close and losing by 10 to LSU. I just, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any weight there. Is it better for Washington to lose this week against Washington State? I know Washington State's really falling off, so I don't think that's going to happen, but you kind of want Washington to lose this week against Washington I need Washington to lose State. ugly. Lose ugly. Yeah. Because if you lose and close Oregon to, Oregon, to lose, and yeah. then you want Washington to beat, beat Oregon, Oregon, yes, to eliminate Oregon out of the discussion. Do you? So we do this with the uh, NCAA tournament sometimes, where you've got it. And I know that this has been the case. I think it was Ohio State when Cardale Jones got in. Yeah, that was two thousand fourteen. Um, yep. You got to take into account that Travis is going to be out, right? For they Florida say, State, they say it. I say they take that into account. But then the other side is, well, what about their entire season where they earned it? And if you go undefeated and you've lost your quarterback and you still go undefeated, again, look at 2014 what if they have Ohio one loss? State. Like, what if they have one loss and they win ugly next week against Florida but lose against Louisville? That's where I think it gets interesting. I mean, they've got a good resume. They beat LSU. They beat Duke. They've, they've got some good wins on their schedule. Um, but they will have lost the one game that really mattered when they have their backup quarterback in. I think that, that at that point you're eliminated. They have to go undefeated. See, the thing with 14 Ohio State was that Cardell Jones was just had a just a day against Wisconsin. They put up like 60 or something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're fine. They're fine with him. They they had that data point. If your data point is whoever the backup is and like they get trounced or just lose, just lose. It's like, well, okay, so clearly you're not the same team because your quarterback goes down and you lost the game. So we're not going to put you in. I, I feel like that's it's very reductive, but I, I don't give the playoff committee a lot of credit of being super smart about this stuff. So think about the most simple argument. I think that would be the one. Yeah. It's going to be a fun finish, man. 
could be a really fun finish. And, and however it ends up going, if Missouri wins out, and I'm talking including their, their New Year's Six Bowl, which as long as they win next week, they are basically locked into play. Yep. Um, They'll probably finish in the top five in the country. Yeah. Which is in the hasn't final end of season uh, rankings. That's, that's wild. What a year. 11 years since that happened. That'd be something else, man. Beat Arkansas. Take care of business. Yeah. Get a good bowl win. Um, enjoy it. I know I've been I've been signing off on enjoy this moment like every single time. But seriously, y'all, if you've been around for the past 10 years, you understand how rare this is. Okay. And I, I <clears throat> we can we can be nervous Mizzou fans all we want. You have a coach in place that seemingly can do this long term successfully. He's got he's built a great team. He's maximizing what he has in the NIL and portal evaluations, he's getting key recruits. He's able to get them bought in, turned around, making good hires. Finally, he's showing he can make good hires. Yep. I'm not saying, you know, we're on this, we're going to be on this exalted run for the next 20 years, but like this, these sorts of seasons don't happen all that often. And to have someone in place where you have the confidence to see it again, even rare. So enjoy this, enjoy feeling on top of the world because it doesn't happen all that often in these parts. BK, the show is done. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We're going to be back on Wednesday to talk about our most hated rival in Arkansas. But that's going to be the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' Flagship at Rockin' Nation and our podcasting outlet at Rockin' Radio. We appreciate you doing it this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.